0: Flint sounds like all right guys hello and welcome back to another Sunday at Radio Free Brooklyn uh, I'm Emily here in the studio with Teresa. And hi, and our guest Matt. Welcome, Matt. Hi, thank you. Hi. We're this Oh, this is Objection to the Rule, also, lest I forget <laughs> the name of the yeah, show. Let's, let's keep the format a little
1: bit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So, yes, again, this is Sunday, Objection to the Rule, your, you know, weekly news hour on Radio Free Brooklyn. Um, how's everybody doing?
1: Doing well. Sad. We have like two weeks left of summer. Yeah. I said it, don't kill me, but it's true. Yeah, well, I don't like summer, so.
0: What? <laughs> I don't do well in the heat.
1: Oh, so does that mean you like winter? I'm a fall, winter person, yes. Well I'm a fall person too, but summer at least makes you feel like you're having leisure time, even if you're working no. your ass off like I do.
0: I don't like leaving my apartment when it's a hundred degrees outside.
1: You like the pool though, right?
0: No. Oh my goodness. I don't mind the beach, but I burn at the beach. The pool's gross. <laughs> All right, it's on you. <laughs> summer or no summer
2: okay i, I shall uh, 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 what's the word adjudicate <laughs> yes. upon, upon yes, the season
0: words yes
2: everyone knows objection to the rule and hot takes on
0: <laughs> on, on the hot
2: and cold seasons <laughs> right.
0: every everyone in new
1: york always talking about the weather <laughs> you can't help it well at least it's cooler today I got yeah my no this is my favorite want, weather like, blow, you know hopefully yeah. my blowout will last to the it the looks day. beautiful all right thank
0: you wonderful <laughs> So, uh, all right, let's dive in. Um, let's get into this local news. Let's get into local news. Perfect. All right. Um, so, first story for local news. Um, on Wednesday, the city announced a new, uh, some new, less rigid rules for applying for the affordable housing lottery. Hmm. Yeah. The city's Department of Housing Preservation and Development will no longer require a credit check and will accept 12 months of positive rent payment history instead.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's big. Um, credit checks can be a major hurdle for families, especially immigrants or homeless families. Uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio commented that, quote, by allowing New Yorkers to submit rental history instead of credit checks, we're creating a fairer system for all New Yorkers. Um, so, yeah, this is super interesting. Um, I think it's interesting on multiple levels because mm-hmm. it's interesting on more equitable housing options. Mm-hmm. But then also the issue of credit checks themselves is something that's really interesting. Um <laughs> And I will. I kind of want to get into it a little bit. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I guess one of the first questions that I was wanted to ask you guys. um, So we all know that credit checks can be. I mean, anyone who's ever applied for housing in New York and probably most places in this country know that credit checks can be a major hurdle for applying not just for affordable housing, but any housing at all. Yeah. Um, not just, you know, loans and things, but like housing and your ability to live somewhere.
1: And let's face it, with the country in this like student loan debt crisis, yeah. everybody's credit is jacked up right yeah. now.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. So who wins and who loses when credit checks are required? And what if they weren't required? You know, who wins and who loses? And, you know, I was l- redoing some extra research to kind of support the pre-existing ideas I had about credit checks yeah. from, from experience and stuff. And it's this idea that, it's one of those um, cycles that kind of reinforces itself. People with good credit are able to get better loans where they don't have as high interest rates and mm-hmm. they're able to stay wealthy and keep their credit good. And likewise, people with bad credit are forced if they need money to to do anything to get a housing loan if pay back student loans and they have bad credit or no low credit, they're forced to have higher interest rates. Um, which keeps them in debt longer and, you know, keeps them maybe lower. Yeah. And it's it's a reinforcing cycle at the kind of that we're not unused to seeing or, you know, people with money stay with money, (laughs) keep getting more money. You know, I don't know. What do you guys think?
1: Well, I think for this um, for this purpose, like for housing in New York, Mm -hmm. this is definitely a needed change. Um, it's very untraditional how mm-hmm. people end up. I remember like when I was living in Harlem, I lived there for about five years and I was like not on the lease. It was kind of one mm-hmm. of those things yeah. where I got a room, you know, with some people who had been there and then that person left. She graduated yep. college and she like replaced the room but was still on a lease. And it yeah. was like such a struggle to get the rental company to understand that we technically squatted le- squatted mm-hmm. legally. Oh, and like, that, you what know that what that is mean? when
0: you like Well, when you after sublet? six
1: months, you have squatting rights in New York. Right, but is it... But someone was on the lease. Yeah, not anybody that was still there. Oh, interesting. Right? And she did that all the way up until she absolutely had to leave. Like, she was literally living on the couch for, like, the last month. Oh, She had wow. filled all the bedrooms, and there was still, like, four or five months left to the lease. Well,
0: there's there's squatters rights, but it's, but it's also the The rules, but like eviction rules, like yeah. like tenants are pretty, very protected in the city once they're already in place.
1: Right, that's what I'm saying. Right, yeah. So for something like this, they're like, "Oh, you guys have been here." We're like, "Yeah, for years. A couple of us, wow. you know." Who's so, day was it? Like, um, it was a. So. It was um, I, I believe it was probably a city down housing. It was one of those really big high-rises in in East okay, Harlem. Okay. Uh it's called The Miles. The it's like a huge uh-huh. big and it's been there forever. Uh-huh. So they I guess someone took over the another agency took over the management company. Okay. It wasn't like affordable housing, but it, you know, it could be owned by somebody, who knows. I uh-huh. didn't know anything. I just was paying my rent on right, time. Right, right. But when it was time to like file all of the paperwork, right. we kind of had to like shuffle between each other's business to figure who was likely to get the lease oh, amongst us. And apply those two people who Mm -hmm. had didn't had no New York rental history prior to this. Mm -hmm. So I had. So I was one of the people that was on there. And then one of my roommates, he was like new. Mm -hmm. But he had like the best credit situation. So luckily it worked. I mean, we had been there for a while. They would rather keep the tenants. Right. If you're paying Um, rent on time. Exactly. They had more to stand, more to lose at that point. Yeah, Yeah. they did raise it just a little bit. But they, you know, they worked with us because we had good history with them far as they knew. Now, if we were new coming in off the street, it may not have been as easy for us. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I feel like this, you know, that idea of the credit check not being required, um, I think it's a good thing. And showing positive rental history, that's, I mean, most people are more likely to have that right. than yeah. good credit. You Because know. credit is a very
0: complicated, and yeah. convoluted, and it's in an and. Up until recently, I think they just changed the rules. But paying your rent on time did not help. Imp- does not help improve. Yeah, your they credit. just added where yeah. you can
1: use your utility bills to, yeah. to boost your credit score. Where
0: like you could you could have positive rent history and still have shitty credit because it's about you know your student loans or yeah. like or something else unrelated to your ability to pay right on time.
1: Right. Which is complicated. And to pay down large balances. I mean, every yeah. place now has a finance option and that keeps people broke. Right. You know, right. it makes you believe that you can actually do something, which you may be able to, but mm-hmm. you really don't follow mm-hmm. the plan. I mean, I hope I'm not the only person. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Uh,
2: Me? Uh, well, I think what, what, what you've been saying kind of echoes something I was kind of closely involved with because I just got off. I just got done doing a radio documentary on housing and I'd forgotten how much the ways in which landlords can use things like credit and the threat of a Mm -hmm. UD, uh, which is eviction that stays on your record, to get people to do uh, basically whatever they want to be able to select whoever they want. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really really unbalanced. And, And what you were saying about using
1: a credit
2: history. They're things like proof of payment yeah. or utilities. It's like if, if someone's like, hey, um, do a marathon. Like, I want to see if you can do a marathon. It's like, well... I can prove that I can run 10 miles, you know, I've, mm-hmm. I've ran 10 miles, you know, every other day for the past month. Is that good proof? i like, ah, no, why don't you show me that you can do a papa wheelie on a bicycle? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I don't have a bike. Right. I'm like, oh, sorry, that's the standard we use.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like making 40 times the rent, which is also a requirement Um, for, for, uh, for general applications. I don't think the affordable, I don't know what the affordable housing lottery standards are and it kind of it does vary by yeah. income level and things too but um
1: that whole affordable housing stuff is so confusing. It's very complicated. I've I signed up for so many of those lotteries yeah. and then even if you get a call like who fits into that bracket? Mm-hmm. I once was like mom can you just come up and stay with me for a month mm-hmm. so like, I could prove that I have a second person because yeah. my income is like in that middle bracket yeah. so it's not you, like don't, you make more than what they consider. Right. But it's but not. in enough. my life, <laughs>
3: it's, yeah,
0: I can't there's, afford it. There's a lot of people that fall in between that make too much for the affordable housing and too little to actually afford a to good a, like a decent yeah. apartment. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's so, complicated. Yeah. It's really tough. But in tough. regards to like, you know, business owners and, and how it benefits them, right? Yeah. Because I think you asked that yes. question yeah, as yeah. well. You know, who benefits from this? I think if it depends on what your. What you're purchasing or what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. If you are trying to start a business and you're getting a loan, okay. Well, I think it would make sense to kind of see some of your payment history, Mm -hmm. how much debt you actually have. You know, is this a positive risk for Mm -hmm. someone to take on you? And quite, quite honestly, I think that's legitimate to check. But for something like housing, like the basics, you know, um, you may have children. Who knows, you know, So mm-hmm. if, if I had a kid today, I, I feel bad about having the credit history that I do to have to put this person through school or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I would have to like work my butt off to clean it up by the time it's time for the school to yeah. apply for a private school or something like that at age four. So, you know, it depends. So mm-hmm. I'm not out here buying like a, you know, Ferrari. Right. But in the same context, like. I'm a grown woman. I may want to buy an apartment yeah. one day mm-hmm. and those sort of things that rental history will be much stronger. I think yeah. than my credit score. And I mean, that is,
0: you brought up a good point too, that I think there it is, it is, it's a rough situation when people are treat housing as a business, right? Yeah. Because it's also a necessity. Exactly. And when there's people sh- that are, that are like, you know, the gatekeepers to that, that are worried about their own bottom line above, you know, keeping people off the street. You know, that's that's a rough situation and it leads mm-hmm. to a lot of problems and it leads to I think you could see like the gate, you know, that leading to our current situation with exactly. skyrocketing rates while also skyrocketing homeless rates. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. And also like I have a lot of friends that do real estate mm-hmm. and they really struggle mm-hmm. with, you know, families and young people and moral, trying to yeah. find, you know, places that will accept their housing vouchers or whatever yeah. it is. And they're, you know, just trying to have a career, but they're really dealing with these people that are looking for housing. They can't help them yeah. because a lot of the, you know, owners won't take these different yeah. vouchers, which that are is out there,
0: like not legal, but like also, yeah, it's like not. A, yeah. yeah. They don't see it as a viable option for themselves, which I think. You know, begs an, oh, like a vast overhaul of the system. Like, why mm-hmm. is this not good enough? Exactly. Or,
1: yeah. It's not like they're not trying. You know, yeah, just not trying hard <laughs> enough <or> fast <laughs> enough. Um, and then another point
0: about credit checks themselves. So, um, back in 2017, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau found two out of the three major credit reporting agencies in the U.S., which basically control the credit system in this country. Um, found them guilty of taking advantage of and deceiving Americans. Yeah. For example, they would send reports to consumers with the understanding that they were the same reports being received by lenders and businesses when they were in fact not. Um, And the whole, you know, like I said earlier, the whole credit system can be reinforcing that status of low income, high income. Um, You know, does the whole system need an overhaul? I think, you know, if we're trusting just these three organizations, for the entire population and we can't really trust them or can't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, if they're looking out for their bottom line sometimes too, like there was something else about like, they are regulated by governmental agencies. Um, but they try and skirt those regulations sometimes. Like apparently, you know, once a year, once every 12 months they have to legally let you see your, you know, credit report or something like that. But Equifax or Experian or one of them, um, made you look at an advertisement for themselves first which is illegal yeah you know what i mean like they had to have free access to the to their to the product something like that i don't know what do you guys think
3: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> do you it, think it's all scam I don't it, know. <laughs> it's
2: amazing to hear something to tarnish the reputation of <laughs> equifax
0: or the uh, oh i know <laughs> right there's they're supposed That's to the be s- the end right, right. And then the whole everyone's information getting uh, well, stolen hey. yeah nobody's
1: like safe anymore no yeah, yeah.
2: That's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. When you, when you said the uh, the CFPB, the mm-hmm. Consumer Protection, uh, C Consumer Financial uh,
0: Protection Bureau, Bureau yeah.
2: yeah. I, I I was just hearing. Um, I think Michael Lewis had an episode where he was talking about when Mick Mulvaney took over. Mm-hmm. uh who who is a well known critic of that department. Uh, yeah. He he wanted to switch the name mm-hmm. and put. Um, bureau in the in the front just because the idea of consumers coming first like <laughs> oh, I, I don't know what he said like why he wanted to change it but yeah it was just like get, oh. like consumers it's like god that, that yeah. priority is too much and so they spent so much money trying to do it because you'd have to redo all of the right. all of you know, wherever the name was so that's that uh. God, that's the, the, the bureaucracy
0: of it
1: yeah i mean i think it, the an overhaul seems undoable but yeah. we could just start like small things like little steps to make it at least easier to understand for yeah. the average person like when i try to teach um financial literacy to my students they're looking at me like miss robinson really like mm-hmm. and they're so depressed they don't even want to learn and i'm just well, like listen yeah. You need to know and you're depressed because you don't know. So let's figure it out. Mm. And it's so hard to get through to them. Yeah. on something that's so important because they're like adults and nobody ever explained it well that's actually a really good
0: point and i mean we can get I, we shouldn't right. tap into <laughs> the education system of this country Sorry. it's a lot to leave <laughs> it's a whole whole can of, that's we can talk about that for two yeah. shows worth but um, we'll come back to that but that was something that i you know in my high school like we had like you know they taught they like here plan a fake wedding and talk about budgeting but it's like how how about i learn how a credit report works yeah. or how about i learn like how taxes work like, this is like actual the basic yeah, stuff that stuff they're that already everyone,
1: affected by and they have no yeah. clue how it works and no one teaches you in school yeah so i think when, when, it, when you talk about an overhaul the yeah. way it is explained that's yeah. what i'm saying like w- there's these three big companies and they do this yeah. like that's all we were ever told yeah. i think it could they could do a better job at explaining how their services work and why they're so important and maybe it'll start a yeah. Revolution or something. I don't know. I don't
2: know. Yeah. Well <laughs> well uh Miss Robinson, how about I, I have a question.
1: You sound like one of my students. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I'm trying to channel them.
1: Yeah. Hey, Miss Robinson.
2: <laughs> so something I've never really been able to fully understand is the very idea of of a, having a property based economy. Uh, because mm-hmm. it's not just housing, it's it's equity. So housing mm-hmm. is connected to wealth and Mm -hmm. business loans and so it's the root of the economy um and the economy by extension perhaps even the world (laughs) what would what would a different um paradigm mindset be and and would it even work is is it just so foreign Hmm. uh in the american mindset of property a property-based relationship with the land Mm -hmm. that we can't even envision how it because there's nothing there's and having a place designated where you live, like right. that, doesn't have to have value. It could just be where you live, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
2: But any, any, like kind of.
0: Whew, oh man, man! Philosophy <laughs> of how? I think you're tapping into a lot of yeah. I mean, that's a really, it's a very interesting philosophical question. I think it, I think as a country, we're we're descendants of the idea that unless you're, you know, a white male landowner, you can't even vote. So that's like in our dna as a country. Yeah. And then you're also looking into like so what is, you know, um socialism look like or you know like as like our cap is a capitalist society is just everything have value in a in that sort of mindset, right? And we have to look at it as like well this is I own this. So this is my you know what I mean is it Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean I, th- I think when it, when you think of equity, I don't think most people understand what that means, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's you point. know, like I never did. My parents, you know, have been in the same house like most of my life. And the woman who owned it before happened to be an older black woman mm-hmm. whose kids never took over. They offered it to my mom. She was like, I don't want this old piece of crap. And <laughs> we ended up moving her out. But in retrospect, I'm like, oh, my God, we lived in a house for 20 years. You could have been and bought that. Yeah. broke it down, did something else. This is what it means to have something and to own that almost was like owning your own life. Mm-hmm. you know, so I think mm-hmm. you know from a philosophical standpoint, just the idea that you can have a stake in this mm-hmm. place is uh, far right. beyond a lot of people's reach, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. and also like it's it's an emotional and uh you know in a society where your your financial well-being is also your personal freedom, yeah. Um, that's kind of all tied into it. You know, like mm-hmm. what you just said, like having a stake in something, but it also means that like it's a financial stake. And that yeah. also gives you the ability to be someone who has power over their exactly. own Exactly. Yeah. And
1: a decision maker, Yeah, you know, for yourself. You're not a person of circumstance, but a person of choice. Yeah. It's, a, it's like such a different concept. And I, yeah. I try my best, you know, but hey, it's I'm hard. still trying to figure it out myself. It's hard. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, okay. Should we
0: move on? To the next question. <laughs> I think we should the next topic. Yes, yes, yes. All right. All right. So the, the last local... Enough. Yeah, I was like, oh, good combo. Yeah. Um, our next local news topic. So earlier this month, uh, local leaders and city agencies and Brooklyn Borough President Eric L. Adams released a document outlining a vision for the revitalization of the Broadway Junction area of East New York. Uh, titled Broadway Junction, colon, A Vision for the Future, It represents, quote, the first effort led by both the city and community to focus solely on Broadway Junction. Yeah, end quote. According to the NYC Economic Development Corporation website, uh, Broadway Junction Station is the third busiest station in the borough and has no access to any of its four levels. It lacks basic services and amenities and is dominated by vacant sites, parking uses, poor lighting and confusing streets streets. Uh, the vision includes improvement of transit access, activation of public spaces, and inclusive growth, which means that uh, existing residents and businesses benefit from any future changes and development of the area. Um, cool stuff, right? Have you guys, so everyone here has been to the Broadway Junction Station. Is that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, what so, trains go there? Uh, it's the LJ. Oh, yeah, 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 A, also maybe the Z. Yeah,
1: you can access the airport from there, right?
0: I think Maybe. Yeah. I yeah. think, at the Yeah. Open. And it's kind of like the tip of East New York meeting, I think, like Crown Heights, maybe, or yeah. like that's, yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, it is, it's, it's huge. It's a huge place. Um, I was shocked to learn that it was like, you know, there's no accessibility for, um, ADA, um, yeah. to any of the levels. Um, I mean, and w- it's, it's, it's crazy because we see like, I mean, maybe crazy I don't know but it's it's really interesting cuz we see like stuff like the second have you guys been to the second avenue subway line that yeah, opened a couple years wow. ago which is gorgeous and almost palatial and all this you know and all this <laughs> beautiful new artwork and stuff and it um in terms and it's you know completely accessible ADA I mean yeah there's elevators yeah. and all that stuff um but it was also you know it's it was a huge project and you know it's a beautiful piece but it's also like but then here's this other station that like needs an an overhaul and -hmm. that's not really being addressed um, in an area around it. Um, And, you know, why do we why do certain areas get systematically neglected in this way? Well, we know the bottom line here. I know, but I (laughs) got to hear you (laughs) say it. I know, but we got it. We got
1: to talk about it. Say it. Well, obviously, okay, those communities Mm -hmm. um, definitely are different than the ones by the Second Avenue Mm -hmm. stop. The thing about this one, though, I think is really interesting is that like five or six trains go. This is a, yeah. this is not just a train station. This is a, um, transportation hub. Yep. This is a place where whether you're from that neighborhood or not, if you were a New Yorker, you didn't came through this station, mm-hmm. you know? So in the, uh, the actuality is okay. It's in black and brown neighborhoods and people don't want to invest in this. But from a larger standpoint, this is like, you know, New York City history basics. Mm-hmm. This is something that if you left New York and came back, you know, you never forget, you know, how MTA works. So it's kind of surprising to me that the city doesn't tackle these sort of problems from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be like, oh, it's those people over there. It's like how much actually happens in this station. Yeah. And it should know?
0: it should be based on you know usage, the focus that they Absolutely. put on things. But it's it's <laughs> clearly not. Um yeah. And um they were to you know, there there have been some efforts recently, like they were talking about moving uh, a department, a city agency to headquarters it over there is like, a part of a, you know, revitalization. This is, like, a few years ago, like, prior to this current vision plan. But, like, that's not enough, maybe. And it's yeah. also not fast enough. um, And it's not a broad enough vision. And it's also, you know, there were some people, the critics of that idea are looking at the people that actually work for that agency, and they all live in the Bronx and Queens, so it's, yeah. like, going to be impossible for them to get to their job. Um, yeah. Or, you know, it's just increasing the difficulties because it it's not, yeah, that part of Brooklyn is, you know, not really accessible or yeah. it's hard to access from. And other it's hard boroughs.
1: to get like, it's hard to get through even if you like take the bus or you drive. Yeah. You know, it's not easy to get through that part. Every time I'm over there, I'm like, where am I? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, that's one of the things I talk about is like the streets get very like confusing over there and kind of yeah. like, you know snaggle toothed and whatnot and you can
1: tell like there's not a lot of love in that mm-hmm. in that station like where are the trash cans like the basics you yeah. know or like in the like there's plenty of space that pe- like vendors
0: could be there and things yeah. like that it's just unutilized yeah in that sense
3: mm. yeah yeah
0: all right all right uh and then oh and then here's another interesting question i had um so where's the line between a revitalization project and a gentrification situation? Yeah,
2: that's what I was wondering the yeah. whole
0: time you were just speaking. I was like, this this sounds like something. This sounds kind of familiar. I know like, there's some there's, there's I have a, a weird G-word. feeling. It's like a oh, big G itching at my brain. Yeah, um, yeah. What's where's the where's the line? How does it? You want to address this one? <laughs> a, a tough one. As the white one. man in the
2: room, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 sh- I should have a, a good canned response for this. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's it's, a good response. It's, it's difficult because yeah. gentrification is a funny word because, mm-hmm. in some ways, it's just a way of redirecting the the term capitalism inequality because Ooh. that's just what it is. It's it's mm-hmm. it's people Follow with resources. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And So if you want to beat gentrification, you just have to beat. Incoming quality, if you want to beat that, you have to address a lot of things that is are very hard to address, both practically, emotionally, and historically.
1: Yeah. I'm always on both sides with the debate of gentrification, yeah. only because, you know, like I'm from the hood, you know, and then the hood in Ohio is different than a hood in New York and wherever mm-hmm. else you're from. Um, but I wasn't from like the projects, like the bad part of the hood. I was like in the middle hood, if that's the thing, right? I'll take your word. (laughs) Like the middle hood, (laughs) not that bad, but not that good, you know. Um, but I do notice, like when my parents got older and we wanted to move them out, those were some things that I was considering as they're older, aging adults. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, what kind of. What kind of situations happen out here? And will this neighborhood become more accessible for Mm -hmm. you? Will you, you know, be able to walk? Exactly. Because, you know, they both have struggles with mobility. Mm -hmm. So how accessible are these things to you? And, you know, the sad part is no one should be left out of that conversation. Like no one at all. But I'm definitely going to choose to put them somewhere that I feel may be a better experience for them. And sometimes that's what happens with Gentrification. I think um, another big point with that that people don't realize is that some people who are in those low come situations, low income situations, they would love for things mm-hmm. to be fixed. Why not? But they're yeah. not the ones who make the decision. Yeah,
0: mm, yeah. That you've
2: tapped onto
1: it.
0: Yeah, that's. I read this really interesting article a few years ago that was because there's lots of people that see gentrification as a very black and white. It's a bad thing, yeah. and you know everyone is. It, it, I don't have an answer to say no. You're wrong, yeah. but I think that. Something like that is probably it's a more it's a much more complicated and complex situation than mm-hmm. I think um, most of us can grasp, even me. Like, but it, it is interesting to look at it. Yes, like who doesn't want better amenities? Yeah, but then there's and if but if your income isn't going up to match, you know, the resources in your neighborhood, that's just going to be it's... cause struggles for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, increased safety might mean increased police presence, which benefits some people more than others, which mm-hmm. we know. Um, so it's a complicated situation for yeah. sure. Um, I think that this plan, I think, explicitly tries to address that by saying that people in the community will need to benefit economically from any economic benefits that happen there. Yeah. So I think it. it I mean, and that I think point comes in because they included community members in the conversation. Yeah. Um,
1: which I think is always important. Definitely got to start with the source. All right. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a break for some music. Yeah. Um, we're going to try some new stuff with the music. But before we tap into that, <laughs> what do we have? Summertime by the Sundays. It's
0: the end of summer. So I figured I'd squeeze in one of my favorite summer songs.
1: We'll All be right. right back. Stay with us.
3: Some people wonder where the money they got in their hats are put down. It's where the heart is for. The bubble floats.
0: Welcome back. That was "Summertime" by The Sundays. Lovely song. I know. Um, I love summer music. I just don't love summer. Uh (laughs) 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 Trainer. That's fair. Um, All right. So let's get into these national stories. Yeah. All right. We got some some really good ones this week. Um, Yeah. So all right. First off, for national news stories, it's also a little bit local, I guess, because it's a New York based um, situation. But it works. So workers from the Brookhaven National Laboratory, which is a Department of Energy lab, and one of the most prestigious science labs in the country, are suing the lab operators over exposure to the toxic chemical trichloroethylene, Mm -hmm. aka TCE, which is used as a degreaser for the lab computers and which led to cancer and kidney impairment.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. According to New York Times reporting, the Department of Energy halted TCE use and its facilities in the 90s after studies had linked the chemical to health risks. Uh, Also, according to the lawsuit, um, lab contractors just stockpiled the chemical and used it as recently as 2006. Um, Most TCE claims are settled through a limited workers' compensation system that um, one of the plaintiffs says barely covered his health care. So this idea of pushing it through as a lawsuit is like this isn't... Like, whatever system you have set up is not good enough. Um, So... Yeah, like this is not like a new type of story. Like I, we've been hearing stories like this forever. You yeah. know, like the movie Aaron Brockovich, just like chemical blabs, just contaminating groundwater mm-hmm. in local areas, and their own, you know, poisoning their own em- own employees. Um, it's kind of crazy, and you know, right now it's it's it feels almost especially. I don't know, like a. Uh, so a source, I don't know. It's everything with Trump and the EPA is basically yeah. what I'm getting at because under the Obama administration, um, you know, the EPA worked to restrict the use of TCA TCE, but the Trump's EPA has delayed any sort of ban indefinitely at the urging of such industry lobbyists as the American Chemistry Council. although the the group, when asked by the New York Times, you know, about their position on the whole thing, you know, said that, uh, you know, it advocated for, you know, critical use only, not like, you know, stop the ban, blah, blah, blah. Of course they did. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. Um, You know, and it's, you look at stories like this and it's just like, makes you cynical, right? Like, it, it feels like it's really just about money. Yeah.
1: I mean, you hear uh, stuff like that. it's like, come on, do you have to die to live? Yeah. Do you have to die to live? Like mm-hmm. when, you know, and it, the people that work in these industries, you know, they spend their whole lives learning. You know, anybody who works in STEM, I think are truly committed to, you know, Well, it seems that they're committed to just like engagement and things doing better for humanity and society and learning about things that most people really don't care about, you know, and now they're dying for the cause, like by circumstance.
0: Yeah, I mean, and a lot of the people, I mean, again, and this probably shouldn't be a surprise, though, is that the people facing a lot of these um, health issues are maintenance workers who yeah. had, were using these cleaning supplies, you know, yeah. daily for how many decades. Um, yeah, so again, it's like it's, you yeah. know, a socioeconomic issue again. Yeah. Um, and access. Access, right? yeah. What do you think?
2: Okay.
3: <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> for you. The,
2: the, 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 I think a lot of uh, stuff about this because I've recently been researching a pitch for, um, for a story I want to do on on how many people die in construction, so mm. I was looking at um the stats of 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 who dies what jobs, and I think it was about five thousand one hundred and thirty four or so in two thousand seventeen um according to the census died uh died because of workplace wow stuff, and most of it's driving, which isn't surprising. we just forget how dangerous interesting driving yeah. an automobile is yeah. And,
0: oh, that's really interesting. And
2: Well, things have gone down. Construction goes down. Construction deaths can be avoided. You see in Qatar, there's a big project where they're not being careful and they're not mm-hmm. uh, respecting the workers, many who are uh, migrant workers. And the numbers are just astronomical. I can't remember what it is, so I'm not yeah. going to say one. But it reminds me of the Panama Canal, which mm. thousands of people died yeah. because they were East Indian well a lot of East Indian workers just being brought in and when they all started dying from disease and malaria and yellow yellow fever. Fever. yeah, it didn't matter yeah you know, because wow. we, we it's all about priorities yeah yeah and it's nice to have an example like this one at at this factory because it's just a new example it's not something yep. that we kind of and this isn't a good thing, but we do kind of think of it differently. Like, oh, these uh, these workers are in in the chemical laboratory making something interesting or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you know, we kind for of the greater
0: good or it. whatever. Yeah. That's yeah, the case, maybe. Yeah. And it's like uh, a lot of it. Yeah. It's this idea that, you know, there's this one quote, like one of the plaintiffs is saying that he specifically had a manager tell him that the radiation will kill you long before these chemicals do. So don't even worry about it. Yeah. Which is like, it, it really highlights. Yeah. Like these people just kind of being treated as expendable, you know, quote unquote for whatever greater good may or may not be created or explored in this lab. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's it's upsetting. It's spooky for lack of a better word. It's just like, you know, like it just kind of sends chills down your spine, like these labs and what they're doing there. And I don't know. Sort well, of stuff. I mean,
1: I'm glad that the the workers are suing. Yeah. I mean, you know, making an example of these people, yeah. you have to keep the fight up, you yeah. know, and in and, and all actuality, like they may just get like paid out. But the reality is maybe bringing this sort of stuff to the forefront right. and making people aware that these um, business practices are being done. In this way, I mean, that's the most thing you can do to advocate for yourself and for other people that's in the same situation. I know. And one last note on this story before we move on to the next
0: national news story. Um, So according to EPA estimates and statistics, um, TCE is used as a stain remover in four out of five dry cleaners in the U.S. And there's like tens of thousands of dry cleaners here. Um, And it also contaminates over 700 sites across the nation. Um, And is, quote, present in the drinking water of 14 million Americans. Um, So this isn't an issue that's just affecting a handful of workers at a lab like these sorts of stories. And and the New York Times article that I I got the most like a large basis of this research from um, cited a lot of examples of labs around the country, um, you know, contaminating the groundwater of the places around them. And, you know, and not and things that have just aren't addressed for decades at a time until, you know, Dozens, hundreds, thousands yeah. of people's lives are, you know, um, you know, irrevocably changed. Um,
1: yeah, this stuff happens. Yeah, Pay attention. water, <laughs> water is a really serious yeah. topic right yeah. now. I, I'm kind of hold mm. out on that until we have some changes in the stuff that's happening right. over in Newark cool. right now. Yeah, yep. everything else, but like to be continued, right? Yeah, because sure. that I don't even think people understand the magnitude of not having access yeah. to clean water, like, and what yeah. that's going to be like for our generations to come. You know. All right, moving on. Yeah. So this is a very interesting story. I was happy to find this one. Yeah. Um, the newly elected chief of the Oklahoma-based Cherokee Nation, Principal Chief Chuck Hoskins Jr., plans to appoint the tribe's first ever delegate to the U.S. House of Representatives. The tribe's right to, the del- to a delegate is outlined in a treaty from 1835, the New Dakota Treaty, which provided the legal basis for the forced removal of the Cherokee Nation, a.k.a. the Trail of Tears. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was never exercised. So that treaty actually had a clause in it for them to be able to have a representative. And they just never used it all the way up until this time, mm. um, which is quite interesting. And um, the chief also has requested a special meeting for the council later this month to consider formally... Uh, to consider formally putting somebody in the position, her name is Kimberly Tahie, and she was a former advisor to President Barack Obama's. Um, and she also did some other things where she's had some exposure to working with the government. So it's not clear what steps Congress might take to accommodate the Cherokee Nation delegate, but it's likely that they would become a non-voting member similar to those um, from American Samoa, uh, Guam, Puerto Rico, U.S. Virgin Islands and D.C. Those representatives, they can't vote on the House floor, but they can vote in committees that they're on and introduce legislation to engage in debate. So Hoskins has said that he hoped the Cherokee Nation's delegate will be able to advance the interests of not only the tribe, but more broadly, all Native Americans. Um, So this is good. I think this is a good thing. Yeah. Um, you know, what people don't understand is these numbers that they represent, the different nations that are actually acknowledged. There are nations that are not acknowledged, but there are three total, including the Cherokee Nation. The other two are the United Ketawa Band of Oklahoma. They have about 14,000 members. And then the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians in North Carolina, which has about 16,000 members. So do you guys think that the other tribes should automatically given the similar opportunity, even though they weren't a part of a similar treaty?
0: Yeah, I, I do. I think. I mean, I think that it's a it's a tragedy if there's anyone in this country that doesn't have representation.
1: Absolutely. Yeah,
0: I think it's wrong. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's certain people that benefit when less people are represented. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always something to pay attention to. Yeah. For sure. And
2: not to put um, give a false amount of respect for these treaties mm-hmm. because. Many of them have an awful history, yeah. mm-hmm. but if the all treaties started to be respected, there are many that are currently not uh, being held.
1: Uh, People uh, held accountable. Uh, being for held,
2: yeah, are not being in, enforced in the way that they were, such as uh, the Black Hills, um, mm-hmm. like Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Not, I can't remember if that one specifically is in violation of uh, of the land grab in which it, it now sits on the the sacred mountain that. Used to be sacred until we put uh, some uh, presidents' face, uh, faces on it for uh, a tourist attraction, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of a funny history. That it was like they were at one point they were uh, brainstorming ideas and they're like, okay, we want to bring people to North Dakota, and they were going to have like Wild West heroes at some point. Mm. So like, it never was this very honorific. Like, let's just put great leaders up there.
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, Fuck. I mean, I know, right? <laughs> it's like, I'm glad I never seen it. No. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, shit. Well, I mean, I think it's, I think it's great that they have, um, someone in mind already because a lot of times when you see stories like this about people being represented, we really don't know a face, a name. Um, and a lot of times people from these communities, um, they don't really have a level playing field, right? So I think this new representative, Kimberly, um, and I love that she's a woman, you know, it's the year of the woman. Um, I think that it'll be a great thing for her to be there to represent, but I also think that it's, it should be considered that the interests of the Cherokee people from this particular tribe, um, may not be the same as the mm-hmm. other tribes. Yeah. And, and they may, and they may not have had a treaty because of that. So it's something to that may be met with, um, some level of, you know, um, um, kickback from others in the community and also those around. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next question is, why do you suppose that Congress members from these other territories are not giving voting rights? And this is the real deal yeah. right here. Okay. Yeah. They didn't ask to be American territories, yeah, quite there frankly. Yeah. So why aren't they given the same rights? I think,
0: I mean, you know, I think it's hard not to be a cynic about it and just be like, you know, there's people that benefit when less people have a voice and how things are run. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you could find some old some document from the 50s saying that, you know, Puerto Rico does, you know, but like what does what does someone in New York know what someone in Oregon needs? Right. Exactly. It's like no one. This nation is so huge that like it's it's filled with people with contradicting opinions and ideas. And to exclude anyone from that is just to make it easier for some people to consolidate power, I think.
1: No, I absolutely. don't know. I think that's the way it's set up, you know. I yeah. mean, it's good to have representation and they can vote on committees, and that's great. But the reality is, if you got a seat at the table, give them a fucking seat. Yeah, you know mm. what I'm saying? Like it, yeah. it, they have people who vote, and um, especially
0: the whole DC situation too is, yeah. you know, their license plates say um, "end taxation without representation" because yeah. literally the capital of this country does not. The it's a huge it's a huge metropolis, and yeah. the citizens there do not have a voice about how a lot of their own lives are exactly. dictated.
1: You know, we always think like there's some far off land, but this is like right in the yeah. heart. Um, this is happening. And I think it's, it's something to be said where who rewrites these rules? Like, right. how does that happen? You know, I mean, I guess that's another show on another day. Yeah. <laughs> but nonetheless, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I love to see where this goes. I hope that this happens before the end of this year. Um, and it could be yeah. something to be considered in, you know, the new elect, the next election that's coming up.
0: Hopefully yeah all right all right
1: we're gonna take a little music break yeah and even though we're not going to talk about this controversy uh-huh it is something happening nationally so for our music tr- <laughs> today we're taking it back this is jay-z can't knock the hustle <laughs> stay with us
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. Check. Check. Yo, I'm making short-term goals when the weather falls. Just put away the leathers and put ice on the gold. Chilly with enough bell money to free a big Willie. High stakes, I got more at stake than Philly. Shopping sprees, copping three. Deuce Fever, I yeses, fully loaded. IS. <laughs> ah, yes, bouncing in the Lex Luger, tire smoke like Buddha. 50 G's to the crap shooter, niggas can't fade me. Chrome socks beaming through my peripheral, I see you scheming. Stop dreaming, I leave your body steaming. Niggas is fiending, what's the meaning? I'm leaning on any nigga intervening with the Santa my money machining, my cup running, over with hundreds, I'm one of the best niggas that done it, six stitches and running, y'all niggas don't want it, I got the godfather flow to Don Juan DeMarco, swear to God, don't get it fucked up, I'm
3: taking up this time, yeah, yeah. to give you a piece of my mind,
4: yeah. Cause you can't knock the hustle,
3: or do you think you are, uh, uh, damn. That scene out
4: of state where I drop my sling I'm deep in the south Kicking up top game Bouncing on the highway Switching four lanes Screaming through the sunroof Money ain't a thing Your worst fear confirmed Me and my fan Roll tight like the firm Getting down for life track right. You better learn Why play with fire you burn We get together like a choir To acquire what we desire We do dirt like worms Produce G's like sperm To legs spread like germs I got extensive holes With expensive clothes And I sip fine wines And spit vent it explodes yeah, but you don't know, know. Yeah, yeah 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 cuz you can't knock uh. the hush well,
3: until the late-
4: Niggas lunchin', punchin' the clock My function is to make munchin', lay back munchin' Sippin' Remy on the rocks, my crew something to watch, nothing to stop Unstoppable, scheme on the ice I gotta hot your crew I gotta yeah. let you niggas know the time Like my bottle, my motto Stack rocks like Colorado Water of the champagne, crystals by the bottle It's a damn shame what you're not though Me, slick like a gato, Fucking Jay-Z My pops knew exactly what he did when he made me 20. 20. Try to get a nut and he got a nut And what? Uh-huh. Straight bananas can a nigga See me Got the US Open Advantage jigger, Serve so like nice. samples, Play fake Rappers like a campus The Tigra Son you're too eager You ain't having it Good Me either Let's get together And make this whole world Believe us At my huh? arraignment Screaming All us blacks Got force and entertainment Until we even Leaving As long as I'm breathing Can't knock the way Your nigga eating Fuck you even
3: taking off this time yeah.
1: All right, guys, and we're back. That was Jay-Z can Knock the Hustle, 1996. Um, we're not going to talk about him in the NFL, but <laughs> first reactions, anybody? Anybody? Good thing, bad thing?
0: I'm going to let you handle this one. I feel <laughs> like this is...
1: <laughs> Come on, I'm a Jay-Z fan, but I just, I want to know what other people think, actually. Um, I think that it is to be t- determined, okay? It is to be determined what will happen.
0: Why don't you give a little background for anyone who's unaware of... <laughs> the situation just a teeny bit a little bit
1: of the nfl thing yeah so well i don't know clearly all the facts but basically jay-z partnered with the nfl this week um the capacity of the partnership is to is still out there okay they're saying that it is to help um reconstruct the halftime show with his musical influence, but also to kind of help deal with some of the racial tension mm. that's been happening um with the NFL. So, you know, their one side of the argument is, you know, he's selling out for money. Mm-hmm. You know, you're supposed to be about, you know, the struggle and the hustle. And the other well, side is a long time ago. <laughs> right. Exactly. But the other side of this is, is this his way of trying to change the conversation or, mm. Um, you know, what is he really doing? The aha moment is that he didn't really talk to Kaepernick about it. That's what everybody's mm. saying. So Kaepernick put out some sort of objective statement that was sort of subjective, like, well, you know, To each his own, I guess, kind of summarizing it. I mean, I'm really, really vaguely summarizing it, but it's out there. So all week, everybody's like, you know, what is he doing? Um, But I just want to give him a little bit of light. Jay-Z does a lot of philanthropy work that we don't actually see. And it's not causes that people normally support. So, you know, he kind of takes this backdoor entrance. But if you look at some of the work he's done, I want to give him the benefit of doubt and say he took this. He took a step forward. I'm gonna try. Yeah. That's really mm-hmm. interesting. We'll that. see. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I'm not like completely trusting because right. it is a financial transaction.
0: Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, follow the money always, but. Exactly.
1: But I, think, I mean, yeah. nothing was being done. Right. So at least something's being done.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think but, one criticism I heard was they asked Jay Z. They didn't ask like a prominent black leader or mm, someone with. Right. It, from the political realm, so I think people sometimes they they yeah. see this as a a way of redirecting and uh, and an image based decision.
0: Yeah. Well, in our you know, what's the difference between celebrity and someone with power Whoa. these days? <laughs> That's a good one. Uh-huh. Is, it, is that a good transition back <laughs> into <laughs> the world news? Yeah. Good, exactly. I love it. I love it.
1: Well, to to be to be continued. Uh-huh. Right? we we'll put a pin in it. All right, so let's talk about this G7 summit, guys. It's happening. It's happening. Um, The leaders of the world's seven leading nations gathered in Brance, France, on August 24th for the annual G7 summit. The three-day summit is taking place against the backdrop of escalating trade war between U.S. and China, Britain's impending exit from the EU, growing tensions between the U.S. and Iran over Tehran's nuclear program, and global concerns over the fires ravaging the Amazon rainforest right now. So meanwhile, outside of the meeting, um, about 9000 protesters have gathered in Hinde, which is a town that's about 35 kilometers away from where the meeting is being held. Um, and they're demanding that these leaders be held accountable on various issues that include the environment, globalization, gay rights and Palestinian rights, and also the independence for the Basque region in Spain. Mm. Um, the France um, authorities have mobilized 13000 police officers and back soldiers to guard the summit site. All right. So um, this is happening as we are speaking right mm-hmm. now. Um, a lot of the research I did on this story uh, was really highlighting that the summit was more focused on um, uh, environmental issues because of the appendant fire and how that how that's being affected right now. But these protesters are out there and they're in the streets. They're serious about this. I've never really heard of protesters on the G7 summit, but I mean, I'm sure it happened mm-hmm. before.
0: Yeah, probably, um, it's probably a bigger scale than.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm historical. sure it like builds up and it's probably, yeah. and it's not just in France. It's actually been mm-hmm. protest in London. It's protest in lots of different places, um, in regards to this summit right now. Um, and you know. Speaking of protests, I'm always talking about it because I used to be one of those people in the streets all the time, mm-hmm. and I remember how it felt. So in 2019, do you think protesting is a successful way to mm-hmm. raise awareness? Like, what what's the deal?
2: Yeah, ask Hong Kong. Ask yeah. the one fourth of the population. Absolutely, that, that
1: yeah, I yeah. did not know. Yeah, we've been reporting on that story for yeah. past couple of weeks as well. Yeah. How, when How's... you
2: were, I'm sorry, but when you were doing the lead up to it, you you were saying this G7 Summit is important because of there's Brexit, there's the trade wars, there's the Amazon, there's the... And I I got this image of us in like a writer's room, (laughs) and we're doing this movie, and we're all just pitching ideas. Like, we can't have that many conflicts. (laughs)
0: Right? Too much bad stuff
1: happening. It's it's, unbelievable. But this is real, people. This is the days we live in. Um, What do you guys think? Is this protesting, like, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think...
0: I think I'm trying to think. There's Hong Kong. What else has happened? I think there's. Um, I mean the the yellow the yellow jacket. No, that's the bug. The the vest. The yellow vest, vest protest. Yep, in w- France is it got, definitely got Macron to th- back down on whatever plans he had. There were
1: protests just last week, and and was that Portland, Oregon in this country, mm-hmm. um, in regards to the um the gun regulations. Mm-hmm. Right, there were protests in Sudan just a couple mm-hmm. months right. ago and to overthrow that, over throw that yep, leader, and that.
0: I think, I think protesting it, you know, it's not all, it doesn't always work immediately, but I think it, it, it's a very effective tool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's impossible. I think, yeah, I think anyone that tries to convince you that only voting well, is the, was the right way to get anything done is, is trying, is someone who doesn't, or I don't know, has a, probably a very yeah. specific. Yeah something to gain or lose from. Uh,
1: I was just, that's a good point. I was going to say, you know, because voting is the way that we actually change the laws, but how do, right, sometimes, and sometimes the votes actually work. Yeah. Um. But (laughs) another story, another day. Yeah. But in the actuality, is this how revolution has to happen? Like, is Mm -hmm. this the way that it must begin? Because it feels to me that just putting someone on a ballot, you know, from a very elitist standpoint, only certain people are going to have Access to that But mm-hmm. when you put it In the streets When you put it out there For the rest of the world To see All of us are looking At Hong Kong Like oh my gosh mm-hmm. Like this completely Probably affected Their tourism And just the lives Of Chinese And any other Asian person Right now They're probably looking Worried about their family Concerns mm-hmm. for their children um, Is this the way I really think That is, is something To consider From an insider standpoint Because I used to Always feel As a protester That I wasn't Doing anything but I can honestly say that it took a really long time for some of those changes right, to happen. Right. And as a young person, cause I was, you know, an undergrad when I did this, at least I felt like I had an outlet. Right. Mm. You know,
0: I think, I think that is the thing that people, that it, it, t- things don't happen overnight. Um, and I think that, I mean, it's also, it's interesting too, when you start looking at protests that are for general discontent, as opposed to specific, um, specific issues. Cause I think, I think that's, that gets, what am I trying to say? I'm trying I don't know what my point is, but I think there's a different, there's different types of protests out there. And there's things like Occupy Wall Street. Yeah. um, Which is for, which was for just general discontent, for example, Mm -hmm. or like, (laughs) you know, like general this, the world's fucked up. And it's like, but it's like, but what what are you trying to get out of that? And then there's also, there's protests against, you know, extradition in Hong Kong and to the Chinese government and things like that. And then there's also protests like Black Lives Matter, which is for, they There's specific things that they're talking about, but there there's no one way to get to those things. Right. It's not like give everyone voting rights when we're in yeah. the civil rights era. It's like you ha- you have to treat people like humans now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it, there's a, there's, a, there's different types of protests and there. Mm-hmm. It's a complicated world out there. So I guess blanket statements about them. Maybe I should. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, it's interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where, you know, now that I I don't protest in that way, I haven't done it in a while. I can't say I'll never do it again. Mm -hmm. But when you see the faces of the youth that are out there and the young people, you know, you see these like... Babies with, with shirts with slogans on them and they're being like sacrificed during this huge thing. It's like, wow. It's like, is that what's necessary to get in somebody's mind? And I think that, you know, I just want to just put a APT out to these people and just say keep on keeping on, yeah. you know, because some of us will be in the streets and some of us will be in the boardroom. Yeah. And it has to happen on both sides. I think that people should really consider, um, what's, what that this form of, um kickback is really people's access and yeah. this is what they can do so you know don't look down on protesters i guess that's what i'm trying to yeah. say um no, you know yeah. even though sometimes it leads to violent situations you have to understand that people get in the streets because they're desperate for an opportunity yeah. to be heard and it's really really powerful when you see it happening on a global scale yeah yeah yeah
0: And um, we're running really short on time, but maybe quick overview of the Amazon rainforest uh, just kind of disappearing before. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's happening right before us. Um, I did a brief brief summary of this. Um, Official figures show nearly 73,000 forest fires were recorded in Brazil over the last eight months. Um, The extent of the area damaged by the fire has yet to be determined. But smoke has choked Sao Paulo and several other Brazilian cities in the past week. Uh, President Bolsonaro attributes the fires to increased drought and accuses environmental groups and NGOs of whipping out an environmental psychosis, whatever that means, uh, to harm Brazil's economic interests. The governor of Brazil's Amazon sites, I? right? All the money. <laughs> States have also uh, criticized the government for deep, uh, recent decisions by Germany and Norway to suspend Amazon aid projects. So, That's, I mean, really, why would you? Why would you suspend the? aid
0: because it's all about money i don't know it's so sad um we are we are basically out of time yeah we're gonna
1: we're gonna close out the show this week just you know with this final song if i can (laughs) and i think it's quite appropriate
0: 30 seconds yeah we want to thank you guys for listening to us to objection to the rule uh you're here with emily
1: Teresa, and matt today And we will see you next Sunday. Feel free to log on anytime on the website, Radio Free Brooklyn, to hear uh, Brooklyn programming from local people. And also, you can download our app. We will see you guys next Sunday.
0: All right. Have a good one.
4: Life.